This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Let's now head across to Australia and catch up with Australian broadcaster John Harker. Afternoon to you, John. Morning to you, John. G'day, Watto. Uh, just, it's just rolled over afternoon here, but uh, I tell you what, if you're talking rugby, you've got to be a hopeless romantic to follow Australia, the, the Wallabies, to have any hope. But anyway, oh, look, maybe you, one you, day we'll be back. No, you look, at the, you look at the other side of that World Cup draw, though, and we know that a World Cup can still be one-off stuff. I mean, we saw Morocco go on a big run at the FIFA Football World Cup. It doesn't always play out. I'm not sure the best team wins the World Cup. A lot of people here still believe Australia potentially could win that Rugby World Cup, more for the fact that the top sides will probably end up knocking each other out. Yeah, and, we're, and we've gone back to the future with Eddie Jones. But time will tell, mate. We'll see. We'll hey, see. hey, what's been the general reaction regarding Eddie Jones and that first Wallaby squad that he has picked? Uh, look, there's, at the moment, Eddie's the Eddie Jones fraternity that love Eddie, um, are, are, they're all in with Eddie, and, and everybody else, I think, is, is just thinking to themselves, is, is this where we're heading? You know, Eddie's, Eddie's a polarising character, no matter who he picks. Um, but... Time will tell, and, and look, my gut feeling is that Eddie's going to have more success than the than the old phases. I think he's I think he's the right man, but uh, but but you know I'm I'm but I'm not as all in as, as some others are. Is, is is he not is is he a bit of a, a fix it type coach though? Does he does he wear start to wear a bit thin uh, with longevity? Oh, I, I think absolutely. But then there've been great coaches in the. I mean, Jack Gibson, the great rugby league coach. Um, the, the you know the, the late Jack Gibson would only stay at a club for three years. That was he, he just thought you know I've done what I can do, and the players get sick of hearing me. Um, whether that's right or wrong, you look at someone like Craig Bellamy, you know, with, with the Storm for for twenty years. It's been it's been proven it can work both ways. But I, I think you're right with, with Eddie. I don't, I don't think he's. You know, I don't think he's a person to be carrying you through a decade as a as a national coach, but I'm not sure there is anyone that can carry mm. the national team through that sort of length of time either. Mm. Okay, let's have a look at the Ashes. Um, a lot of intrigue in the series with the way England have been playing. Before Brendan McCullum came along, they'd won, they'd lost 17 and won one. Uh, prior to the Ashes series, they had won 11 out of 13. Uh, they're playing this baseball approach, which appears to be backfiring against a very good Australian team. Do Australia now believe they can win this series 5-0? If you'd asked us that before Nathan Lyon was injured, I would have said yes. Um, and I think they're going to win this test. I mean, like they need two fifty-seven. If they another two fifty-seven, rather, if they get them, um, good luck to them. And, and what a win that would be—a record-breaking win. But I, I think taking Lyon, Lyon's played a hundred tests in a row as a bowler in all conditions, and he just gets vital wickets. You know, it might be two here, three there, and then of course every now and again in the old. He'll get a six or seven for it, but he's such a great player, and he's a heart and soul of that side. I think, and what he did last night, hobbling out on, on one leg to, to try and well, in, in the end they added fifteen. Um, you know, he's just such a vital cog for us. I think they'll win this test. They'll lead two nil, but um, you know, whether without Nathan Lyon there uh, they they win five nil, I don't know. But, but I love baseball. I, I, I love I love the. Um, 
the unpredictability of Stokes. I, I love the way that he's, he's always looking to move the game forward. I haven't loved the last couple of nights, to be honest, of, of all the short pitch bowling. You know, back to back to back to body line, or as Jardine called it all those years ago against Brad, Bradford, leak theory. Uh, it's 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 not intimidating stuff, but it's it, it's it's there were moments last night. I don't know how you found it, found it, Wallow, but I thought it was a bit dull. And, and we're doing it too. I'm not saying I'm not. Not just blaming England. I, I thought it was just dull, predictable. They're going to bowl short. The bloke's going to duck. Going to bowl short. The bloke's going to duck. It just got it, it got a bit tedious for a while last night. Yeah, look, it's a fascinating one. I mean, we've all got you know we've got Stokes who you know lived here in New Zealand for um, his first twelve years of his life. His father captained the Kiwis in rugby league and. Uh, clearly, Brendan McCullum, you're all proud of what he's done. And it's it, it's amazing that a kid from South Dunedin who grew up in a working-class family has been able to revolutionise Test cricket. And I think cricket does need it. I mean, Australia are always going to attract quality opposition. Uh, but for countries like New Zealand, we're sort of sitting here going, well, T20 cricket, too much of it. Yeah, OK, it's got an entertainment component to it, but doesn't really have any sort of sense of nationalism if you win. One day yeah, cricket... That's right, do you care? I don't think you do, and I think one day cricket's a bit the same as World yeah. Cups, but test cricket's a fairly contest, and I, I like what they've done, but you do have to... Some of the comments after that first test when they when they lost, I thought we were a little bit troubling, even from Stokes, when he's saying, oh, we still played great at attaining quick cricket. Deep down, surely it was still hurting. There's sometimes where you've got to be able to play a bit of both, I think, and, and they'll... Yeah. They'll yeah. work that out. They're a terrific side, and 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 clearly McCullum is a great coach, and Stokes is a fantastic leader. But where's it? we've got a very 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 good attack, and as they showed in that in that first inning, well they lost five five for forty six. They should have led on the first inning, and and instead they found themselves ninety odd behind. Yeah, and I guess that's isn't. It? I mean, yes, it's entertaining, absolute capacity. I mean, we here in New Zealand are intrigued by it. Ironically, we're watching, you know, Australia and England to get our cricket fix. But I would still argue that the England public's greatest form, greatest form of happiness, would actually be just winning tests and winning the Ashes. And it's just trying to get that balance, isn't it, between, you know, playing baseball, but it's a fine line between playing that and actually being reckless. And I, I think in this second test, particularly, we've just started to see some recklessness creeping. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and look, you don't want them to turn back to having a team of, of Jeffrey boycotts, um, but they, they need to be able to do both. And I think Stokes is, Stokes is showing signs of that in the second innings. You know, he's, he's 29 from plenty. Duckett's 50 from 67. It should be out. Uh, what did you think of that catch? I get the rules. He should have been out. What annoys me, and I've been going on this, John, and you might not like this because you are Australian, and I sit here, though, and I just struggle with the hypocrisy, though, of some of the cries from the Australian media particularly because we saw a Steve Smith catch the other day, which was somewhat controversial. We saw a similar situation with Boland in the Test Series victory against India where the catch was somewhat controversial. Nothing said by the Australians. It's all completely legit. And and I didn't appreciate the fact that, you know, they all came after the Australian bowler um, with uh, Ollie Robinson after he gave Usman Khawaja a bit of a send-off. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, the Australians, you guys wrote the book when it comes to this sort of sledging. I remember, Steve, I, I, I remember um, your former Australian captain saying, we will break your effing arm and some of the antics that go on. So yeah, I thought that was while I agree with you, I just struggle with, I guess, the double standards from former Australian players. Yeah, no double standards for me, though. I, I, there was a period there... 
of Australian cricket where we were a terrific cricket team, but we weren't a, a group of terrific cricket representatives. I, I thought under the captaincy of War and then, and then um, carried on by Clark, they were a very good side, but they weren't particularly likeable. And, and I didn't like the way they played. Um, I don't think that that's the case anymore. And Kawaja didn't. Kawaja couldn't care less about that send-off. When he was asked about it, he said, it's all part of the game. Of course it is. And, and also, if you're going to send somebody off, you're going to need to be able to keep backing it up. It's part of, it's part of cricket. It's, 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 I, didn't, you know, I didn't think that mattered at all. And I thought that there was much more doubt about the... Um, the Smith Cats and the uh, the Stark Catch. I, that just that was that was ridiculous to me. But uh, GE bowled well, Stark. I, I, I also I, I struggled with them leaving him out of the first. I just think there's a bit of the sameness to us if we, if we don't have the left armour there. I thought he should have played the first test. But you know they they got they got the they got the runs in the end. But but you know and on Kawaja, do you remember about probably four years ago? We were yeah, he was Kawaja. he was dropped. And, yeah. I, and I remember and, and I remember saying to you they should play they should. They should open with him, hmm. and no one was. Everyone thought, "Oh, that's ridiculous." Here he is. The last eighteen tests he's played, he's averaging sixty as an opener. Hmm. Like it's, you know, he's just. See, he's the antithesis of, of, of baseball, I suppose you'd say. But when he gets, when he gets going, he plays well. But he pl- he plays what's in front of him constantly. Uh, I, you know, I think he's been absolutely terrific, Kawaja, for a long while, and he's that. You know, he's seen he's seen the new ball off in a way that enabled in that first innings, uh, okay, didn't get a lot of runs, but he was there for a long time. Mm. And that enabled, you know, blokes like Head to come out and play the way that they played. It's, it's, it's old-fashioned test cricket, and, and, it, and it's, it's a really fascinating tale between that and basketball at the moment. And at the moment, we're just edging them, I reckon. Because it was Travis Head who was opening, wasn't it, before Usman Khawaja then came in. Is that correct? Uh, they or was, have tra- Travis, or was Travis, Travis Head always in the middle order? No, Travis Head actually replaced Kawaja in the middle order when uh, they've been backwards and forwards, as you know. Yep. Head's been, Head was Head was dropped from the middle order when he was uh, vice captain. Right. Uh, so they've been in and out those boys. Kawaja made his debut um, the same year as Davy Warner, but yeah. has been in and out of the Test side. But um, no, they they have used Head as a pinch hitter uh, as an opener, but I don't think they've ever had him as a first choice opener. Going back to when he was around, I'm trying to remember who was there. I think it might have been. Matthew Renshaw was being used at the time that he was dropped, but I can't remember to be to be frank. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because David Warner, you will sense, you know, if he's going to play for Australia, you'd sense that maybe, maybe he might get one more shot in Australia over the Australian summer. You've got Kawaja, who's thirty six years of age. How important is it Kawaja stays at the top order and they? try and get a couple more years out of them. I mean, who's in the background? Who are the potential future Australian openers? Yeah, well, unfortunately, Pekoski, who's the, who's the one that we're all hoping would come through, has obviously got uh, massive issues with concussion and also some, some mental health challenges. He was the one. And then the others that we've tried, look, we, we haven't found anybody that um, that consistently gets runs at the, at the top of the order. I think you're absolutely right. David Waters has already uh, signalled that he wants to make he wants to play again uh, next summer, and he wants to farewell his Test cricket career uh, at the SCG Test. So we know if he if he makes it, and he's got to keep getting runs. But if he makes it and can go that long, we're certainly going to lose one at the top order. I don't think we have enough depth at the moment to lose two. There are people talking about bringing Cameron Bancroft back. Um, he's had a very good um, Shield summer. I think he averages around eighty. 
in Shield cricket this year. So he's putting his hand up again as well. You, you talk about Cameron Bancroft because he was part of Sandpaper Gate, and yet yep. he seems to have been the one that. I mean, was he punished because of that when Stephen Smith and perhaps David Warner weren't, or was he dropped genuinely because of poor form? Oh, look, all three of them were, were punished, but I think, um, look, I'm not an Australian selector. I don't sit in the I don't sit in the room to know what goes on, but I think it's it's a bit like those fines and those and, and those sackings that you see when the when the reserve grade has done the same thing that the superstar in first grade has done, but he gets his contract torn up. I do think that Smith and Warner were considered more vital parts of Australian cricket, and so Bancroft is, is serving a, a, a longer time in the abyss before they welcome him back because I don't think he's considered as vital. I think, like most people, where winning counts, uh, Australians are pretty good at forgiving uh, when, when people are important to them. You're listening to SENZ, iconic Australian sports broadcaster John Harker is my guest on the program. So, John, who replaces Nathan Lyon for the third test, assuming that he will be out? Yeah, he'll be out. It's the Oscar that played in um, in uh, in um, New Zealand that got he's, and he's been taken away as the uh, as a secondary spinner here. So he'll come straight back into the side. I, I, what do you think? Make of the 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 non use of? I know it's been in for a while, but the. You've got a torn calf muscle and you don't get a runner. What do you make of that? What's your view? Oh, look, I think runners have been a long part and a long part of the tradition and history of the game and I'm not sure why that is one that I think there are other areas that you could tweak. Um, Look, I never had a problem with it. I think, you, you know, you're putting the player at risk and if you don't bat him, then I think you're putting the game... Um, then I think you're taking something away from the game, and be honest, it's yeah. it's not through it's not th- you know it's just through misfortune rather than any sort of intentional incident. Yeah, and and, and you know you've got the capacity, particularly in this incident where where there was a he's, he's had a scan, so he's been checked. It's not like he's it's not like we're trying to stooge up that there was an injury, but he has to hobble out and then try and hit the ball before and not run, and and. Um, have Stark trying to do the same thing because he can't back up. Mm. I just look, they put on, they put on fifteen runs. It's great to hear Lyon afterwards say that you know I'd do anything for this team, but it just seems odd to me that it's one of those circumstances where I thought he you know the game needs to have a, another look at runners. Well, it's funny though, isn't it? Because they allow replacement fielders on, and 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 of course if you can cast, they, they allow you to be replaced. That's mm. how Mar- Marnus Labuschagne first got his start in the Correct. Cricket for, came in for yeah. uh, Steve Smith. For Steve Smith. Now, look, I just want to talk about Steve Smith. Uh, another 100. Um, remarkable player, averaging almost 60. Hasn't quite played 100 tests yet. I'd imagine he's wanting to try and score 40, maybe go past Ricky Ponting. Uh, putting sandpaper gate um, to one side. He's somewhat unorthodox. Um, how was he received in Australia and um, what ultimately do you believe his legacy will be and where will he sit sort of in Australian cricket history? I, look, I think he'll sit right up there. Um, I, I think he probably will um, finish his career averaging around that 60 mark and he's to, to apply the number of tests that he's, he's going to apply and, and average that sort of number. He has to sit right up there. He, he'll never quite escape sandpaper gate. I don't personally... I don't think he should be the vice captain of the team now. I, don't, I think all three of them should have been banned for ever ever being in a mm. leadership position of Australian cricket. I think Steve Smith failed in his, in his duty as a leader to have turned a blind eye on what went on there. If you can imagine what Ian Chappell would have said, 
uh, if the same thing was occurring. Well, you can imagine for that moment what, what, what Dennis Lilly or Jeff Thompson would have said to somebody that suggested they need to doctor the ball too, just quietly. Well, I think, but, uh, but, I, but John, I think over here, we, again, I mean, is it the first time they did it or was it the first time they got caught? Probably the first time they got caught, mate. Uh, yeah. You know, let's be honest, but we, we don't know, but probably the first time they got caught. But the issue is, if you've been the leader that's allowed that to happen, I think that's enough of a question mark on your capacity to lead in the way that we want someone to lead mm. the most important national team that we have, that you shouldn't be asked to be in a leadership position again. I know, he, and look, I know he kept him well in India. I, I get all that. And I, and I also would suspect that I hold a minority view. I, don't, I think most Australians would disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. So, oh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought there briefly, just listening to you there. All right. So they should, yeah, I, I think they'll wrap up this second test and then move you on. And, so, yeah. and then you yeah, probably end up winning the Ashes and then we'll let the English tabloids go to town on Brennan McCullum and Ben Stokes and do what the English media do <laughs> do best, John. Uh, looking at, they turn on them? Oh, they're brutal, mate. Absolutely brutal. We're, we're probably a little yeah. bit we're probably a little bit too nice here in New Zealand, you know. We just, you know, find some way of dismissing it and we move on. Uh, what else is happening over there in Australian sport, my good man? Well, there's plenty. There's plenty taking place, as, as you probably would have noticed. We also the uh, women's team won the, uh, the T20 last night, so yep. they're now in a position where if, if they get if they capture any one of the last five matches, they've uh, retained the Ashes, which is fantastic. Uh, this, the, the netball's building up to a, uh, a big final next week. The Swiss won their way through to the grand final last night, the Sydney team. So uh, Sydney's pretty excited about that. So, yeah, plenty going on. And, and of course, the, the, the state of origin, uh, you would think that Fred Fittler's, uh his reign as, as state of origin coach is, is probably over there. Yeah, and what about... They've lost, they've lost the series again. And, you know, um, he's got one match left, but I, I can't see him lasting. There's a push for... Um, for Joey Johns to take over. I, I don't know whether that's the right yeah, move either, It's funny though, isn't it? Just, oh, let's go get another great player. What about actually just getting a coach rather than a broadcaster? Um, John, hey, just quickly too, I mean, I, I know your other two loves, Carlisle Swimming, Swimming and Water Polo. What's happening in this, those spaces? So, look, the, uh, the the swimming team's doing really well. Um, the the World Championship Australian team looks in, in great shape. The, the, the women's sprint relay looks fantastic. Um, so, I, look, I think we're heading to a a good Paris, and of course we're trying to build through until 2032. Um, and the, the, water, the two water polo teams, I think the women have a chance at, at, at getting a medal, but it's an outside chance. And sadly, I think the, the men are rebuilding. I, I think we'll struggle in Paris. Will I be seeing you in Paris, mate? I hope so, John. Oh, I hope so too. Yep. I, I hope so too. Hopefully, we'll be we'll be working together again. But yeah, but the uh, but I think the Australian swimming teams looking particularly good at the moment it's it you know olympics as we know they're they're hard to excel at but i i think we're going to take a very strong team over the, the men's and women's sprint swimming in particular is is great the battle between titmus or decky um summer mcintosh is going to be unbelievable it's it's going to be a, a a great couple of weeks of swimming in paris yeah, and just quickly too, I see uh, Hayley Lewis, who made her name here at the Commonwealth Games in Auckland here in 1990. Her son, Kai Absolutely. Taylor, had a sensational win in the men's 200 metres. Yeah, lane eight, hey? Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, in 1991 at the World Championships in Perth, Hayley won the 200 freestyle at the World Champs from lane eight. Her son swam at the trials, missed out, finished ninth fastest, after the heats, but Kyle Chalmers 
didn't want to, just because of the way that the, the program falls at the World Championships, he didn't want to swim the 200 freestyle. He swam the 200 freestyle in the heat through a, a bit of a, uh, a hit out and also to put, post a time that would get him good enough to get selected in the 4x2 uh, relay team and then pulled out of the final. So Kai Taylor goes from the emotion of, of, oh, I've lost my chance of getting into the, into the World Championship side because I've lost my chance at a, at a final. Kyle Chalmers pulls out. He hops into lane eight and wins. There's been some of the great wins from lane eight. Um, of course, Kieran Perkins is probably the most famous of, of all in uh, in 96 of Atlanta from lane eight in the 1500. But uh, he's, he's added to that legacy and he's, he's off to his first world championships. And I don't know whether you saw the pictures of, uh, of mum and dad in the stands, but Haley went absolutely nuts. Was beautiful. Oh, now fair enough too. Hey, John, lovely to have you on the program, my good man. Thank you, as always. Anytime, what up? There you go, the great John Harker.